you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I had a download. Let's just go ahead and get it out the uh, way. Because if if I would have said download without it, I would have been being phony. And you know I'm about that authentic life. I have realized uh, a couple of things. But mm, some gems in this particular season. You are as successful as the following. How comfortable you are with not knowing. And how close you are to the one who does know. What the bishop say? Y'all didn't hear me. I'm going to say it again. How comfortable you are not knowing and how close you are to the one who does. Now, in a sense, because you know I'm a visual grandbaby, if I can give you the visual, imagine that you're in a car and you're going somewhere. You have an idea of how to get there, but not all the coordinates. All you know is that you packed for the trip. You emptied your bladder. You did all the things to be as comfortable as you possibly can be while you're in this car. And all of a sudden you hear uh, in the middle of the journey, I, I don't know how to get there. Now, depending on who who's saying that will depend on how you feel being a passenger to that. So if that remark is coming from someone who's in the driver's seat, uh, pull over yesterday, because <laughs> what are we doing? What do you mean? Like, you don't, you don't know the exact address, but you know how to get there, like by landmarks. Are you saying that you have no idea and we just getting ready to road trip it and you set some money aside to spend a thousand dollars on gas? Like, what do you mean? You don't know how to get like, so when did you know that you didn't know how to get there? Once we all got in the car or once we bought up that we were leaving? Like, there would be some questions to be distributed, right? You would be like, uh, not comfortable with that. But if that remark came from the person sitting in the back seat, it's like, oh, okay, well, lay down and <laughs> you'll learn it later. Uh, I don't really know what to say. Like, that, that changes your posture a bit, right? Even if you still did not know where you were going, even if you still did not know the exact way to get there, whoever is saying that, as long as they are not the one that's leading you, then you're okay, essentially. You're okay with not knowing because the person who's driving, and as long as the person who's driving does know where to go. Holy Spirit set that whole thing up because that is the illustration that he is giving me for this thing called life. You literally are born in the driver's seat. You are pursuing the things that you want. You are going after the things that you like. You are dating the people that you think is good for you. You are eating the things that you think taste good and not knowing it doesn't align with you. You are doing all the things that point back to your gratification, your satisfaction, E or the above, common denominator, Y-O-U. And then when you change over your life, when you change over the order of where you should be in the vehicle of your life, you realize I need to be a passenger to the things that God is doing. Because if, if you break it down to his common denominator, God doesn't need your leadership. 
he needs your yes and he needs your obedience and he needs for you to be present. So when you change your life over, you realize I don't want to be the driver because it, it, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work to try to figure out the coordinates. It's a lot of work to try to go ahead and guesstimate traffic. It's a lot of work to ooh prepare for that amount of gas, that those tolls, those, the, the inclement weather that may come up. It's a, it's a lot of work. And so the last thing that I want to do is try to drive myself and then still have enough energy to go ahead and carry out whatever the mission is once we arrive. So if I can go ahead and do anything, uh, I, I don't want to do the things that I don't have to do. And so again, changing your life over means that you literally give your life over to God to let him be the driver while you are okay being the passenger. Because if this Bible that we're reading says that he has a plan for you, I don't want to go ahead and try to rewrite the blueprint. I don't want to go ahead and try to start from scratch. Like, okay, so let me see. I like this. I like that. No, 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 no. He already has all that. Listen, he did all that. I'm I'm not interested. That will almost be like going to school and trying to figure out an alphabet. Somebody already did that. It's already A through Z. You don't have to do any of that extra. No, you don't have to. Hmm, what should I name this color? It's already been named. Let's just go ahead and start learning it. Let's go ahead and realize what colors don't go best with our complexion or our hue or what what mood we get from certain colors, how we want to decorate. We don't have to start all the way from scratch. We don't got to do that. Someone's already done that. And that's the same thing that's happening with your life. You're trying to go back to a blank canvas. You're trying to go ahead and paint from from scratch. And you don't realize the reason why you're frustrated is because you're trying to put a together what has already been established for your life literally he says I have a plan and what that means to me is that you already have this mapped out that what that means to me is that you wired me with a purpose and a calling and some things that's already been implemented in this plan so I dare not try to go ahead and create a whole brand new canvas not even knowing myself fully learning myself as I go learning what I don't like and what I do like as I go I will not go ahead and go to this blank canvas and try to paint people in it and places in it and try to promote myself and try to network myself to a plan that it's like I realized once I get there this is not really the way this is not really working this person doesn't really do it for me I don't like this environment as a matter of fact I'm realizing now I'm an introvert it's like you're realizing all these different things and shifts and shapes about you that if you just would have went to the creator the one who went ahead and already established a plan to begin with if you would have gone to him in the initial state you wouldn't have had to been frustrated for 20 30 years standing in front of a blank canvas talking about I don't know what I want to do with my life I don't know if I want to go ahead and continue in this career path I don't even know if I want to stay in the same state I ain't gonna hold you I don't know if I want to it would be no I don't know as long as you went to the one who does there will be no 40 years around the mountain of wilderness trying to figure stuff out when you wouldn't have to have that some of that wilderness was God trying to shape you. Most of that wilderness is you not knowing how to go ahead and bring back the GPS coordinates to G-O-D. Yes, some, he led you to the wilderness because it was a teaching ground. It was supposed to shape you. It was supposed to do some stuff in you. It was supposed to sharpen some stuff in you. It was supposed to be spiritual leg day. Just like Jesus went in there for the appointed time of 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't stay a millisecond longer. It was like, nope, the angels knew exactly when to come and go ahead and strengthen him up. Like, yeah, y'all need to, 40 days and that's it. 
Imagine if he tried to do another whole 10 days on, no, stop trying to supersede or exceed what God is trying to do in your life. Stop trying to go ahead and you know what, let me just try to go around this mountain just one more time, make sure I got it. No, because this thing is timed. And so, yes, he led you to the wilderness for a intended time-framed purpose. But for whatever the reason, you had to stay in there longer. You decided to stay in there longer. You was just supposed to be in this part of town just for a little bit lot. You wasn't supposed to get comfortable and establish a family in Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, it's a lot going on. I'm sorry. Like, what are we doing? And what we need to realize is, yes, the wilderness served a purpose at one time. But now you have out lasted your welcome. The purpose is no longer there. Now you're staying there on purpose. Imagine that God has the promised land of flowing with milk and honey for you. And you are okay with just staying a little bit longer in the wilderness than necessary. What? Why are you staying at entry level that long? Why are you staying single longer than what you have to? Why are you staying not having any ownership, not getting to the next level in your finances, not getting to the next level of whatever it is that God has on your heart? Like, yo, it was for a purpose for you to go ahead and go through that rough patch. But now if you really peel back like the intent and what you're doing, you're staying there on purpose. And that's not even a part of the purpose and the perfect will that God has for you. So it's like, when do you dissect, yo, this is no longer God. I'm not going to hold you. Like, this is starting to feel a lot like this is me. I'm going to go ahead and do what I only know how to do. And I'm going to pull a page from my own life, (laughs) from my own life. I had a dream that one day I had to do it. Martin Luther King, God bless you. Um, Shout out to the homie. I had this desire that I wanted to climb the corporate ladder, that I wanted to get all the way up there because to me, those were the people that made the decisions that was stupid for the people down here, okay? On this level, you're too far removed. You don't care about people. You're doing stuff that's making it harsh. You're looking and sounding a lot like Pharaoh. You're like, hmm, these people are blah, blah, blah. Let's go ahead and take two job descriptions and make it one and then put in a job description, fast-paced environment. Are you okay with unnecessary deadlines? Are you? And it's like you... Even reading the job descriptions these days, you're like, bruh, are you asking me, hey, can we stress you out for a little bit per hour? Is that okay if we just go ahead and, you know, pull you away from your family, give you unnecessary migraines, have all these different ailments happen in your body? Uh, You have to go to the doctor, but you can't because if you take off, then we're all looking at you crazy. And so now you got to get FMLA so that if you need a break, uh, it's actually covered by the government. You can't fire someone. It's like, this is ridiculous. And this is all packed up in their perfect benefits package. And however, they're going to pay you an hour and whatever your fixed salary is. Uh, the family feud is giving me, it's giving very much three X's. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. And so I thought, I know I'll fix the problem because that's what this grandbaby is called to do. So she had it right just in that area and I'll go ahead and I'll promote my way up and I'll do the things and blah, blah, blah. Because what I knew and know about myself is I have a high need for achievement. 
that when I pour into something, I pour all the way into like I'm it's giving very much Psalm 23. I'm talking about in your cup overflow is it's how I pour into something. And I know I'm supposed to be doing it. I am tenacious. I'm determined. I'm a goal getter. I'm a goal setter. I'm a planner. So all these things looked like it made sense to put that in the corporate world. Every single time that I tried to pursue that lane, that path, it just was not fruitful. And I was getting frustrated. I was getting irritated. I was looking around like, oh, so if y'all don't want the change and I'm just going to try somewhere else. And then what started happening is I started seeing some of the path, like I could go there, but look how the people look that are already there. A beautiful indicator of how you are going to feel, not a hundred percent, but just a little preview trailer, if you will, of how you're going to feel in that position. Start observing the people who are already at where you desire to be. And if it's one thing that God gave me outside of discernment is I'm a good observer. I will watch someone, watch a program, watch a unit, watch a organization. I'll just watch. Not to be a gossiping grandbaby because we not G'd up like that from the feet up. But just to have an idea of because I am a firm believer that I can learn the lesson from somebody else's wound. I don't have to. I can hear, hey, uh, you may not want to go down there. Uh, there are spiders. I don't have to say, where's the spiders? I don't have to. I can look at your spider bite and go, ooh. And as a matter of fact, let me go ahead and put on these long sleeves. Like I can go ahead and gear up and get a better head start than what you had just by going ahead and being an observer of your pain, of your trial and error, of the, of your particular <laughs> uh, happenstance. And so you want an idea of what it looks like. Start looking at the people who are already there. So I started doing exactly that. I'm looking, I'm like, time out. To be in that position, why they call y'all so much? They call y'all on your day off? So they give you this cell phone and they give you this different access because they expect to speak to you outside of work hours? Oh. <laughs> uh, and one thing this grandbaby is, is not available outside of work hours. You can have a nice day. N not for somebody else's business. No, no. No, if I have to tell my family, hey, listen, I can't talk, I'm at work. Then when I'm at home, you need to hear, hey, listen, I can't talk, I'm at home. And I feel like that's fair. King me, I won. <laughs> What's the grand prize? Like, that makes sense to me. No, if I have to stop my personal affairs because I'm at work, then I have to stop work when I'm involved in my personal affairs. Period. <laughs> like, it don't go, that makes good English to me. Sound like good grandma. My English teacher would be very, very proud of me. And so when I started looking at these people and looking at what's demanding of them and looking at and aligning and seeing how my particular goals and things have shifted, I was like, it's, it's no money in the world that makes you believe that you can drain me to that ability, to that detriment. I'm not interested. Watching people have headaches and, hey, do you have two extra blah, blah, blah? Do you have any medicine for? Hey, I just, and see, like, just seeing people literally get deteriorated for a title. I don't have the interest. I don't have the interest to be stripped 
and bleach and to lose my color just because I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I'm not interested. As vibrant, as rich, as all bouncing and all the things that I came in, the same way I came in, if this is not for me, I at least want to take that back with me. I don't want to look like I went through a car wash of mud and when I come out, I'm not even recognizable to myself, to my family, to my husband, to the people who know me best. I don't want to be unrecognizable. And that's what you'll, you'll start to see like, yo, I'm not the same. There is something off. And I realized that that's your proof. People love to ask the question of how do you know, or something alluding to, how do you know you're on the right path? How do you know that you're doing the right thing? How do you know that this job is for you? How do you know that this relationship is for you? How do you know that you're supposed to be in that particular establishment? How do you know you're supposed to get that particular tangible item? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Your proof is in the pudding. Your proof is in the actual fruit. Because the Bible says you can tell a lot about a man by the fruit they bear, right? And so I think that you can tell a lot about where you are by the fruit that you're bearing. I'll give you a perfect example. And I'm going to keep bringing this up as long as God allows me to. And when he tells me to, because I tell you what, I get the plant life. Like, yo, if I really, truly understood the plant life a little earlier, this whole thing would have been looked completely. I'm t I would have been, you would, it would have said, welcome to the jungle is what would have been happening in my house. I'm not even going to hold you because there are so many spiritual applications to it that it's like, oh, and jizzle, God, I get it. I get why you reference yourself in the Bible as the gardener and Jesus as the vine and I'm just a branch. I get it. I get why you prune me so that I can bear more fruit and those that are already bearing fruit, you prune them so they can actually bear more. I get it. I get the whole agricultural. I get the references. I get it. I get it. I get it. And that's because to be a good gardener, you need to know exactly what each plant or each tree needs. I cannot treat my snake plant the way I would treat my mm, peace lily. There is a certain amount of like gangsterness <laughs> that the snake plant gives off that the peace lily, I mean, it's even different than the name is giving very much treat me delicate. Snake plant is like, yo, you put me in a corner. You don't remember to feed me. You don't give me the best light. Guess what? And I'm G'd up from the feet up. And that thing's still going to grow. And it's like, yo, you are tenacious. You are, it don't matter the elements. You have decided I grow best when I am treated a certain way, when I'm mistreated, when I am not adhered to. Nobody don't have to really give me anything. Nobody don't have to do anything. All I need is some air. Okay. And as long as you give me this pot, you'll never have to really change my pot. But guess what? I'm, I'm going to grow according to what's given to me. And that plant is literally the concrete rose. It has learned to grow its best in, in elements that will be detrimental to most, to most. That's how you can look at people on the job and be like, how long have you been here? I'm sorry, how many years? Those are two digits in the years that you've been here. Bro, I'm having a hard time making six months straight. <laughs> like, how did you do it? Because that's just the soil that they come from. They have learned to excel in conditions that would have made the average plant the best plant wither. Now, peace, Lily, they like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you can put me in a corner, but I, I'm going to respond. 
I'm going to droop. It's going to be some little bit like, oh, you know, they, they call it that the plant looks like it's fainting. So there will be some droopiness to it. There's, mm, don't put all that sun on me. It's going to burn. And it will literally, I put one of the peace lilies outside on the porch. It came back in a couple minutes and was like, what happened? That thing looked like a raisin. <laughs> I was like, uh, and it's because too much sun. The peace lily is very, very delicate, very easy, but you need to know what it needs for growth. It likes indirect light. It don't really want all that water. Not really too much. It don't really want all that light. It's it should, it Give me a little bit of all the things that I like. And guess what? I'm going to flourish. And I'm going to give you some bonus little extra blossom plant things that you like. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, I got. I, there's variables to me. There's levels to me. But you need to know how to treat me. And you need to know where I grow best at. So what is my proof when I'm looking at the peace lily and I'm like, I don't really think this is doing that thing starts to look a certain way. It starts to droop. It's in starts to get brown. You start seeing some yellowing. The soil's looking some type of way. You like, uh, I don't really think this is working out. Yes. Uh, and how did I know the proof thereof? So how do you know when you are on the right path, when you are doing the things that you are called to do, when you are actually align with God in such a way that you are okay with being the passenger and saying, I don't know exactly, but I am close to the one who does and look in a driver's seat and know for certain that that's God driving. How do you know? I wanted to actually read first Proverbs. Oh, shouts out to Proverbs 3. It should get more shine in these streets. I feel like I want to be a DJ and do the like, because it needs more respect in these streets. So I want to first give the foundational just basics of trusting in God and from Proverbs 3. You know, I read in the NLT version, right? All right, so let's hit it. So verse one, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart, too. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Pause. Can I give you a little something um, one of the bishops taught and that I kind of learned back in the days, too? Whenever you see a if you do, please go back up to say, what do I need to do to get that? So um, verse one, again, run that back, Quavo. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will have, you will live many years and you, your life will be satisfying. Oh, many years of life and it will be satisfying. I think I want to do that. Three, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Four, then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take. Pause. Literally, the first six verses of Proverbs 3 gave you literally the key to life. It's not money, power, respect. It's what you need in a lot. Shouts out to Kim. But it's giving you very much the bulk of what everyone is chasing for. Everyone wants a satisfying life. Everyone wants long life because it's something satisfying. You don't mind living a couple more. You're like, yo, I don't mind 
like being in the 90s and the 100s and the 200s, whatever. You, everyone wants to be, to have influence, to have favor, not just with God, but both God and man, for people to be in rooms and they mention your name, for people to get opportunities. And they're like, yo, I want to take my homie with me. I remember hearing something. I was watching this artist called Doe amazing gospel artist um what what's the song that she did i believe she did what a wonderful name it is the name of jesus i'm trying to think before well she did a gospel song have a nice day look the baby up okay it's a good grandbaby her name is doe i think it's d-o-e and she was on the terrell show love his show i think it's amazing he has great singers and one of the things that she said is that she she met Jonathan McReynolds, another gospel artist, on her way up. And that they both made a pact to each other like, yo, whoever makes it first, they're going to bring the other one onto their album so that the world can hear their gift as well. And what she said was super, super phenomenal to me. She said, and you know what? He kept his word. That's what having favor with both God and man that, 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 that's what that gets you. And how do you go ahead and ascertain that? It literally says it the verse ahead. If you want to know how to get what's in that verse, go the verse ahead. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart. Never let what? Loyalty and kindness. You're loyal. It's not just a DJ Khaled situation. People want to be around people who are not how do you say in English? Backstabbers? <laughs> Rude? E or the above? Your great aunt? But we ain't gonna talk about her. God bless her. But you see what I'm saying? The first six verses are giving you everything. How to have many years. How to have a satisfying life. How to go ahead and have favor with both God and man. How to have a good reputation. How to go ahead and choose what path to take in life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take. And so as you're taking these particular cues from the Bible, and you're taking these principles and applying them to your life, and you're walking out life, there is going to come a point that you're like, God, I... I'm a little nervous. I don't really know. Like, is this the part? How do I know that this is the part? How, okay, God, where are you? So then you don't want to start to be a Gideon grandbaby. Well, you like, well, God, if that's you, then make the ground wet and then the thing around it dry. And you, you don't want to play that game. But you do want to be very clear on how do I know that I'm still operating in God? Like, how do I know that I'm not now doing more years in the wilderness than what God intended? How do I know that this is still the place, that this is still the arena, that this is still the gift? This is how he still wants me to, to exercise my gift into the world. Like, how do I know? And again, it's by the fruit that it bears. So I would be doing us all a disservice if I didn't read literally uh, the thing that shows the fruit. Galatians 5. I want to read Galatians 5 again, you know, NOT version. I want to start from verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Pause. We can go ahead and give a praise break. Like, listen, I'll do it by myself. That's the word right there. We should go ahead and just hang up. <laughs> it's the word. Go back. Okay. Uh, 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Who's guiding it? Um, my grandmother, because she gives good advice. Who's guiding it? 
my father because he actually has a six figure. Who's guiding it? My mother, because if it's one thing I can depend on her on is telling me the truth. And who's guiding it? My sister, because when I, who's guiding it? It should be the Holy Spirit. So I say, because I saw how you were looking at me. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. It's a setup. 18. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses 19 when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear semicolon which means the following in the English literature sexual immorality impurity lustful desires idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pause. Because you thought some of that was me. That was all Bible, NLT. I'm telling you right now, I didn't even mean to rhyme. <laughs> yeah, very clear. Because you can skip through some, like, oh, I have that issue. Oop. I don't have the ooh. Yeah. Um, you one more again. Okay. So um, when you follow verse nineteen, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear: sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Pause. Uh, you keep going after money. You'll do anything for money. But these folks go ahead and say they need you to forsake all the things that mean something to you for a little bit more an hour, a little bit more in your salary. Guess what? You'll do it. You've decided who your God is. Yeah, don't look at idolatry like it's low key back in the days when you actually going up to a statue and you don't know idolatry is just anything that guides your life to a degree that you will forsake the things that actually mean something to you to make sure that you follow and seek and gain that particular thing. For some people, um, idolatry is relationships. You'll forsake yourself. You'll forsake what God is saying not to do. You'll forsake everything that is actually good for your life because you want to be more in alignment with the people who you desire to have in your life. They say to go ahead and drop whatever, you'll drop whatever. They say, hey, I need, God says don't let them borrow, you let them borrow. You have chosen who your God is. Anything and anyone that you listen to more than anybody else, any God, any spirit, anything that you know is of God, anything that you allow to go to a place that to bring you to a place that you will follow to the end, even if it's not, it's to your detriment, you've chosen your God and that's idolatry. Sorcery. Oh, you charge your crystals in the full moon. What Beyonce say? She charged her crystals in the blue in the full moon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you sure you want to play that crystal game? You sure you want to play that burning sage game? You sure you want to do that, like reading your horoscope all the time game? You sure you want to do that tarot card reading game? You sure you want to do that? And all that is doing is trying to replace all the things that God can do in and of himself. You're trying to get pieces of God and pieces of things that don't bring glory to God. You want to know the future so bad. Talk to God. You want to go ahead and be filled with energy and good blood. The Holy Spirit, like he, he can do all that for you. No, you just want to know if you and such and such is compatible because, okay, well, ask God. Like we, you cannot go through the earth that God created trying to get pieces of him through creation. That's not how that works. Very much giving sorcery. Hostility. Why are you so mad? You more not argue. They not arguing with you. You mad. <laughs> Quarreling. Jealousy. Outburst of anger. Selfish ambition. I'm trying to go ahead and make a million dollars. Why? Uh, so I can have the, so you can floss on somebody's social media. So you can drive around and put your window down at the stoplight, lick your lips and look around like, yeah, <laughs> because y'all don't have it. Like, what's up? Like, check, check your heart motives for real. I'm not even like, check your own heart motives because the proof is in the pudding. Why do you want that? No, you don't understand. I didn't have a lot when I was younger. And so I'm trying to, why? Let, let me just go ahead and cut to the chase because you, you, looking at me and I'm looking at you and we're looking at each other. Uh, if any of your ambition keeps pointing back to the arrow of you, it's wrong. <gasps> da, da, da. Did I burst a bubble? I am. And it's okay. I'm cool with being a needle for the spirit. Uh, it's wrong because God centered ambition has another different posture. It is, yes, I take care of my family. Yes, I go ahead and have these goals, but I make sure that I go ahead and take care of others as well. I am blessed to be a blessing. Yes, I have all that I need and yes, blah, 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 but it makes me feel good to not see other people in life. And let me just go ahead and erase this. It don't got nothing to do with taking your best friends with you. It don't have anything much to do to make sure your family's straight. That's half of the pie and that's cool. But you got other people who are literally on another side of earth, on another side of your state, on another side of, of your cubicle, crying to God for a prayer. And you just need to be available to know if God is calling you to the burning bush to make a difference in somebody else his life shouts out to Moses you need to read Exodus 3 it's between you and the Lord let me continue 22 but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives get ready for the drum roll love joy peace patience kindness Goodness, faithfulness, I feel like I need to do a rap. 23, gentleness and self-control. There's no law against these things. There's no law against these things. 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I got to read it again 25 since we are living by the spirit 
Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Does that include dating every part of our lives? Does that include that interview every part of our lives? Does that include how we budget our money every part of our lives? Does that include the kids every part of our lives? Does that include our health every part of our lives? What part of every part don't you understand? Do not compartmentalize God and then try to figure out why you don't see God in that area. It says, since we are living by the spirit, so you should be experiencing the things that are the, the verses ahead. Let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our life. Why that person so much in joy and, and why they have so much peace? Then they don't even make that much an hour. How come that person is better than, you know why? Because maybe that person's life is led by God. Maybe they're doing exactly what the Bible says and letting the spirit lead their lives. Letting the spirit lead your life. And this is a testament to me. I'm not going to hold you because I got something coming up in a queue that I'm like, God, this is not how I planned this to go. I really thought that we were going to take exit 14, loop around, go back and do that. And you like, nope, go this way, go that way. And I'm like, that looks completely different from what I originally had planned. And he's like, I'm so glad that you didn't make the plan for your life in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, he came for me and that's okay because I let him because, you know, he's God. But like literally that was a G check for me. And I noticed that the more that I tried to hold on to my idea of what I wanted, how I wanted it to look, he reminded me in this low key, it was the verse of the day today, Mark 8, 35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. God is like, listen, if you continue to go down the path that you think you want, keep it up. You're going to lose everything and you're going to gain everything that comes with that. You're going to lose sleep. You may lose hair. You may lose weight. You're going to lose peace. Everything that would have been a fruit of the spirit, you're going to lose that. Um, but if you give up anything, if, if you do what I told you to do, if you go ahead and do what I told you to do, how I told you to do it, then for the sake of me and the good news, oh yeah, you, you definitely going to get everything that comes from that. And I want us all to get to a place that we understand the fruit of it because what God is asking me to do looks again, polar opposite than how I would have done it. But I tell you what, in the midst of finally getting to a place that I say, God, I let go. I let go and I'm starfish in the spirit. I'm not holding on no more to how I want to do a thing. And I'm trying to you will in things that are not a part of your will for me. And it is causing me distress. I'm getting irritated. I'm agitated. I have all these other different things. And when I started listing what I felt, I was like, time out. Then maybe that's not the spirit's leading because that's not a fruit of the spirit. And that is your proof. If it don't feel like how this says it should feel. And not feelings, what it produced in me. It was producing the fruit of irritation. I was easily angered. I was having conversations looped around this one particular set of frustration. And it was like, uh, ma'am, what part don't you understand? <laughs> that when a spirit leaves, that's not the fruit. And as I started yielding to what God told me to do, I was like, oh my gosh, when I finally let go of that job, I feel better. 
when I finally let go of, yo, I know you wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but maybe God wants you to excel in a different way. I felt better. Here I am joyful. I don't have those headaches that I used to have anymore in the name of Jesus. I don't feel those ailments and those symptoms in my body anymore. My, my relationships are getting more healthy and they're more beneficial to me and I feel more present. I feel like I'm a better mom, better plant mom, better pup mom. Like seriously, like it just feels like there's a level of wholeness that's like, God, did I not have that? Because I kept trying to hold on to my life, my idea of what I wanted my life to look like. Like it's the thing of giving me a heart's desire, but I had no right to try to execute it the way that I thought you would have wanted it. And it's like, you know what? I'm actually starting to feel the fruit of the spirit because now I'm allowing the spirit to rule every part of my life. I literally had to stop in this moment and, and just get to the phone and call you because I'm like, yo, if I would have known that I would have felt this, I would have let go a long time ago. I promise you, I don't want what I want so bad that I'm willing to make myself suffer and self-sabotage in an area just to get it the way that I, I, I am not a hard headed grandbaby. I am not. I very much, you know what the saddest part was? I really thought that I was enduring for the prize of what I said I wanted. I did not know that that was just me pursuing and it's my determination and it's my willpower and it's my networking and it's my strategy plan and it's my, and God was like, I'm going to let you have all that. And when you get tired and when you get tired, you'll find me just like the woman with the issue of blood. She got tired and found the, the hem of his robe. And I got tired. I'm like, time out. And I was having most of these conversations with you. I'm like, yo, this is not abundance. This is not what I'm reading in, in, in the Bible. This is not the, yo, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So I feel like I'm just having a little bit of life. I don't even feel like I'm having the first part of the life, let alone an abundant life. Like, this is not it. And I started getting angry, and I started getting frustrated, and I started communicating that, and I started feeling that. And all of a sudden, God was like, now that I have your attention, can you please see that none of that is me and read Galatians? And I was like, yo, I promise you, if I would have known that I could have felt like this earlier, I would have let go sooner. I care about people, but not to the point that I'm holding on to people that God says let go. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but if God's saying that you're the part of my plant that needs to be pruned, then you need to be pruned. I don't want nobody to, I am the most non-confrontational grandbaby. I mean, I could set it off, Cleo, if you want me to. You know, if I need to go ahead and be a little bit of Peter before he became son. You know, uh, if I need to go ahead and do that, then I have it in me. Like the Tims is always ready. Don't ever get it twisted. I'd much rather wear flats though. Uh, but I'm not confrontational. I don't have a desire to hurt people's feelings. I don't have a desire to cut off just to see people bleed. If I'm cutting off and if I'm removing myself, please understand that it's truly because I was supposed to prune that part. And if I got to choose between your feelings and your personal preferences versus me pruning according to how God told me to prune, you're going to lose every time. Because I seen what it was like to lose myself trying to save everything else that I thought I wanted to save. And I didn't have any fruits of the spirit. And I'm no longer living that life. I will no longer go back to that. Here's your proof. 
I know that most of this resonated with you. So what is my challenge? My challenge to you is to look at the area that you are currently struggling in life and truly have an assessment and ask yourself, are you allowing the spirit to lead you in that area? Because the fruit of no is going to be found in Galatians and the fruit of yes is also going to be found in Galatians. So for an added measure, just for you to be able to cross your uh, T's and dot your I's, I want you to go back and read Galatians 5 and I want you to start at verse 16. And as you are reading my prayer and my hope and my expectation is that God will show you this is what I've been trying to get you to do all along. But you've been holding on to your life. You've been holding on to the things that you want. You've been holding on to the way that you want it to look. And that is why you have not yielded the things that are in your heart, the desires that I placed in your heart. That's why you don't have them yet. Mark 8.35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. God are... He wants to bless you. He wants you to have the things that he has promised to you. But you cannot get it doing your own way. It don't work like that. Do you understand? All right, listen. Um, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? Yeah, you do. It's life-provoking conversations. Conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Duh. Um, www.created2multiply.com <laughs> for all the things that are all the things. And you should know by now that I have a text and blog community. Yeah, very much go to Patreon backslash strive the letter in inspire you know like a little great something special in the middles uh strive the letter in as a nancy inspire and like yeah like listen we're gonna do this thing the way that god said to do it we're gonna let him rule every part of our lives because where we're going god already knows how to get there recline he got it okay all right i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go we talk later okay all right later